0: Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop podcast where we bring your future favorite artists back to Heritage Hip Hop. And I got somebody who's on here for the second time, but the first time you see his face for those who follow on YouTube. Introduce yourself to the people. You know, the Soul Rat coming straight from Orlando, Florida. Glad to be here with my man. You know, Hip Hop Heritage. We landed down, putting it down. Hey, man. For anybody who doesn't know, this gentleman had a song out called Blackface. And what he was talking about is the caricature nature of people of color in the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And we have continued to see that. And we see how it affects the hip hop culture. So we're going to continue that conversation. But we're going to bring it into an introspective look with um, your new singles and new Mm -hmm. projects that you have. So since Blackface, how has the game been treating you and what doors have opened up to you?
1: I think it opened up doors, you know, um, in certain aspects, whereas people that I revere were able to show me some love. I mean, one I saw with Chuck D, he, you know, he retweeted the song Blackface. It was a video that it had, he said, go so right. So there was some love on that because, you know, he's a hip hop icon and just the fact he acknowledged the work was a beautiful thing. But as far as, you know, you know, there have been some backlash, some resistance because anytime you challenge the status quo, people going to have some type of resistance towards you. But, you know, I, I understood that from the gate when I wrote the song and when I penned the song and decided to do it, I expected backlash. So it comes with the territory.
0: Nipsey Hussle once said, you're blessed or you know, you're doing the right thing when your enemies get greater Absolutely. and they have more power. What has been the most powerful enemy you faced so far since you've done this?
1: Ooh, I think the, uh, the actually the music that's, counter to the music I'm putting out, Um, challenging that. I think that's been the biggest thing because people have been so enmeshed with, you know, the mumble rap and the trap and everything like that, not taking away from it, but just saying that they've been so enmeshed with that. And this is on a global scale because my music is being played internationally, but you know, you're fighting against that voice because people so tuned into it. So they're not really open to creativity of music that deal with subject matter. So that's where the challenge is for me. I think that's my biggest enemy as an artist, especially artists that deal with socially con- uh, conscious content.
0: You know, what's dope about socially conscious content though, is it makes you aware of the world that's bigger than what's in front of your face. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about the world? I- didn't know anything since the song.
1: Okay. Well, what I learned about the world is that there are a lot of people that really love hip hop. Um, and it goes beyond cultural lines. I mean, and they and there are people who really respect the Mecca which I consider the Bronx and understand the origin of hip-hop. I mean, overseas, people are doing things that we no longer do. Like they're break, break dancing, uh, beatboxing. Um, They really into the music and, and what we're doing and they're really into the essence of hip-hop, really the full culture, the full hip-hop culture. So I learned that just by being associated with people from overseas and being connected to those type of people.
0: You know what's funny? People in America actually beatbox a a lot. Mm -hmm. And you know what they do with that? They do it in children's videos and they do it to catch the essence of the child's ear. And that's funny because the essence of hip hop is to make a statement yet to be stylish while making the statement. Mm -hmm. And blackface has been a style that should have been played out, but it's still prevalent in our society today. Mm-hmm. I, I remember going to the um, outside of my house and I had to stop the ice cream truck cause nigga what a watermelon shouldn't be playing in the neighborhood for the b- children of color just to symbolize people want ice cream. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then we have people who, um, we have people in our society who are put on pedestals who represent the black face. Mm-hmm. Since you've made the song, What blackface have you seen that stood out that made you want to continue your message and keep putting out music that talk about the importance of standing strong in faith and culture and not selling out or being a caricature or a comedy figure for someone to use against you? Well, we can go many ways with that one. That's a a very (laughs)
1: in-depth question, but I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, Well, you know, they have what they consider now is called digital blackface. So you're dealing with that now where you have people who are, putting on black images, uh, but they're not black. Uh, you're dealing with that on a digital perspective. Uh, you're dealing with people who, who are black themselves, but they are becoming, you know, what some would consider as white supremacist apologists. Like you the Candace Owens and different ones like that who are being, <laughs> manip- well, I gonna say manipulated. I think it's intentional on her part, but that are allowing themselves to be used to be apologists For people who want to degrade or try to dismantle what we're trying to build, especially as it relates to Black Lives Matter. And so there are many different examples that are still out there that I feel needs to be talked about. And trust me, I do have something for people like Candace Owens and the many others that are tied up into this new um, neo, I guess you call it neo uh, Black Lives movement, you know, type of thing that's going on right now.
0: Black Lives Matter has been taken out of context and taken Mm -hmm. out of um... It's been taken out of, out of. I think people believe it's something, and it can also stand for something else. It's like a double entendre. It's good and evil mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you seen? I, I think Black Lives Matter. The hashtag is important, but mm-hmm. I think Black Lives Matter. The business movement is fictitious, and it doesn't and it doesn't doesn't do its job. Mm-hmm. Since you've made statements, have you seen people? make statements also, and you find a they full of shit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> How much time do we have? Hey, tell me. <laughs> yeah, I think there are a lot of people who, you know, and I'm trying to think, of, cause there are many scenarios. I think there are a lot of people who make statements just for the purpose of notoriety. They don't really have the heart nor the passion behind it. Uh, especially with people that say they stand up for movements that affect black people. Um, You know, I'll give you one for example. I I, I don't feel like, you know, uh Joe Biden has lived up to what we wanted as far as those that voted and wanted more movement in that area. Uh I feel like we haven't really gotten our full due because there are things that are happening right now that hasn't come to realization, especially as it relates to black folks. And I know you got another question with that one, but we'll let that simmer a little bit.
0: No, I don't. (laughs) But since you brought it up, let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. You know, I like to be controversial anyway, so let's do it. Yeah, I don't think Joe, I think, I don't think Joe Biden, I think Joe Biden showed that a lot of what Trump was doing was actual fact, mm-hmm. but I also believe that things that Joe Biden has done has um showed that, <laughs> let's just put it this way, it's always good to have good game, because you can talk mm-hmm. anybody into doing something that you want, that's the mm-hmm. pimp and whole game. Absolutely. And we see That's who and we and we see who's who who's getting used because it mm-hmm. ain't him. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I want to ask you with, with with so many things that society places against people of color. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's so beneficial for people to degrade the color and then separate the color as the, the, the movement starts to build?
1: Now, when you say degrade the color, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I just want to
0: make sure. Fully, no problem. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube did a show with um Vivica Fox and them. That show, okay. And degrading the color to me is breaking it down to the point where you make little bits and bits of pieces to make something better than another section. For instance, they asked Ice Cube something, he said, I'm doing something for black folk, and he said, What about black women? and he said, Black women are black folk, and they tried to fight them against you know, mm-hmm. try tried to you know, fight him yeah. Then you got some people who say, Um. People of color who are from this country are are different than people who are from overseas because of culture. So that's a degrade of who you are, identity wise, and mm. then how how you how you graded against someone else. I, I, this I is something that's saying. this is something that's done in many cultures. But why do you think this country and business sector and the movement sector always does this to try to? Like pull the rug from under um the the movement to make it not strong. I think that has been something that's been ongoing since enslavement. I mean,
1: we have been always paired against one another. You had the field Negro who was against the house Negro. You had those different things that happen. I mean, you had Malcolm X, who was building a movement, but him and Elijah Muhammad had issues. Marcus Garvey and um, W.E.B. Du Bois. So I think those challenges have been commonplace within our culture for years, or centuries, decades rather. Um, and so that's an ongoing issue. I think even right now you have the adults movement and then you have the Pan-African movement. So you have different things that are countering one another I think overall it becomes a distraction and we're not able to have. And I think that's what you're getting at. It's not giving us the opportunity to unify to handle the bigger issue, because one of the biggest issues we struggle with is economically. We don't have the we, we don't have we have the buying power, but we don't have the producing power. So we need to equal that economic aspect so that way we can be in a better position in the long run.
0: Dr. Claude Anderson said, Oh, we produce is sweat. We don't produce yeah. goods. And yeah, he's a good that, person to speak. <laughs> yes, he is. And he yeah. that that is a very mm-hmm. that's a very interesting topic because you know the sure. one thing that we do produce that's taken for granted is hip hop music. Exactly. And hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, and the funny thing about hip hop culture is it's universal, not even worldwide. It's universal. Mm-hmm. which means it has its, its, its roots in the higher power as well as in, in our fellow man. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the music itself is so cheap right now that we take it for granted. And it's one of the most unifying, if not the strongest unifying power we have in the world. Mm-hmm. How has hip hop showed you that the world is more together than separate as people want to tell, show you or tell you? I mean, you can see it because when you think
1: about when we have issues like the George and I'll use this as an example, George Floyd, that became a a global movement uh, when the Black Lives Matter and different things surrounding that became a global movement. And whenever you have global movements, usually there's music that accompany that movement. And so with that being said, that's how we saw the unification, because there were artists that were pairing up to address the issue from a music perspective Um, right now. I can speak from my own experience because I'm working with artists that are in other countries. I got a song with an artist from the UK, working with a guy in Morocco. I just got a guy reached, where I did a song with people that's in um, Africa, South Africa. Got another guy hit me up today to do a song. He's from South Africa. So, you know, those things are becoming a reality. And I feel it's because of the music that I created, created those outlets, all those opportunities. And so I think as a whole, because of the fact that we link up on a social level that allows us to create on a musical level and then eventually becomes also a spiritual level.
0: Shout out to Soul Rack. Everybody that's listening to this, you're listening to Heritage Hip Hop Podcast with Soul Rack. And this gentleman is using social conscious music not only to make you think, but to make you consider. Mm. So let's get into Belly of the Beast. Okay. Now, Belly of the Beast, you got what a veteran Juice Crew member. Oh yeah. Who wanted to make sure he, he 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 walked away with something. Tell yeah. me about how Belly of the Beast came together, and shout out to all the MCs on the track. Absolutely, uh, it came together because of the producer that
1: produced Blackface, he also produced Belly of the Beast, and he connected me with Craig G and VBS Verbal, and from that we just created this gem that you know today is Belly of the Beast, which deals with mass incarceration. Um, You know, so, and and I spoke to uh, Craig G not too long ago. and We're looking to do another song together. So there's something up and coming
0: down the pipeline. Now you tackle mass incarceration. And we all know that mass incarceration is a business when it comes to America. Mm -hmm. So is the bank. And if the the mass incarceration and the prison system is a bank, how do you break a bank to give the riches or the people back to the society? What do you say?
1: I say one of the ways you break the bank is that, you know, you you challenge the laws that create the opportunities for them to benefit from it. Um, I saw an excellent documentary, which was the 13th, and it's basically just saying which deals with the idea of us being free from slavery, but then through mass incarceration is basically another form of slavery, uh, to put it in a more simpler tense term. But I think one of the ways that, this is my perspective when it comes to protests, and then I'm gonna definitely answer your question, but let me make this point first. I think one of the ways that we can be effective with protests is affecting the companies that we're trying to stop from the evil practices economically. Don't continue to buy their products, don't continue to support their products. And so companies that are benefiting financially from mass incarceration, whether it be a company that we are directly in contact by buying their merchandise, don't support that company no more. That's one of the ways you speak to corporate America is hurting their pockets. They don't mind if you get in front of their store to a certain extent, but if you hurt them pockets, that's how you move forward. I've seen examples of that from time to time. Um, I think that's what kind of made the NFL change a little bit because they saw some of the more stronger people that were in the game starting to say, hey, we're not gonna accept this no more. We're gonna start making some moves and different things like that. So once we work collectively, that we can bring about change, but it has to be collectively to make a difference.
0: That's the one thing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. successfully did with the, the bus boycott mm-hmm. was that it affected the economy to the point where people's bottom line was getting disturbed. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the issue that DJ Vlad has with the uh, hip hop community, he said the reason why he hasn't stopped or apologized to the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is -hmm. because he said that his bottom line didn't change. Mm -hmm. So if money is the issue, do you think that's why streaming is so big because it cheapens the product of hip hop and it makes songs like yours and others just go under the radar because new songs come out daily all the time and and Mm -hmm. you're drowned out? Do you
1: believe that? Yeah, I do. I do believe that I think that's what's hurting the market right now is oversaturation. Um, there are artists I know today, they, they put out an album every month, you know what I'm saying? So maybe every week. And I just feel like it's just so much music out there for people to listen to that they have a hard time here. Quality, unless there are people like yourself and others who give us a platform where we can be seen and heard, and then that helped break through the noise because that's the biggest problem, is just not getting that exposure are being in the position
0: where we can be heard or seen. But but I want to ask you that because that's a form of slavery within itself, Mm -hmm. because now the middleman controls the market. Yeah. And I I, want to ask you, have people in America since slavery, Mm -hmm. have people been fighting for liberty and not freedom? Hmm. That's a good question.
1: I think you make a good point there. I think we fight for the idea of liberation because we know that we're fighting for black liberation, but freedom is a whole nother thing. I think freedom is more than just being not shackled. Um, it's also economic. Um, I think that's where freedom comes from, is that you have to create economic freedom in order to affect the other areas. America is a country that's ruled by capitalism. That's the, that's the force we're fighting against, whether we want to recognize it or not, whether that deal with social media, whether it deals with this and that. I believe that part of the reason that Trump was able to get away with so much because of his economic powers and his ability to influence people. I believe that's why a lot of things that happen, that's the difference between a person that's poor that go to jail versus a person that's rich. It's economics. Because if you have money, you have influence. And if you have influence, then you can change things that people who don't have can't do. So I think all of that is all kind of like a
0: gumbo, all all in one. Great point. Because... Liberty is being able to do something with somebody watching you. And mm-hmm. freedom is to be able to do something because you want to, not because you need permission.
1: Exactly.
0: And it seems like people are fighting for permission daily. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you this question because mass incarceration to me is deeper than the jail system. It's a mental problem as well. Mm-hmm. And with the cover art, you got hands tied with the American flag. Mm-hmm. See, to me, that goes deep because the idea of America is different than the reality of America. You spoke true what is the biggest idea of America? I mean, it's easy. Everybody says freedom. Of course, yeah, of land of the free, home of the brave. Yes, that's uh-huh. so easy. Yeah, of course. But what is the idea of America that you have seen people get that others suffer from in the long run?
1: I think the part where all men are created equal. Um, I think, I think that's the biggest one, because we know that, you know, America has always broadcast from a Unit, well, let's say international perspective that we're a country that believe in providing freedom for others, but there are people within his own In their own country that don't experience that same freedom. Um, and then on top of that, we don't have all men are not created equal. If that was the case, Black Lives Matter wouldn't be a slogan, you know, what I'm what saying there wouldn't be a need for a slogan to be created. So I think with that being said, and then we have to deal with mass incarceration is another example of how all men are not created equal because there are some people who like one out of every three um, black boys will experience prison in lifetime, one out of six Latinos. And women are the fastest growing population in America for the prison system. So that's what I believe that we need to live up to or that we're not really living up to is the all men are created equal idea.
0: I believe that is so much deeper than prison though. Of course it is, absolutely. and your song eloquently touched on it as well. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take it to the next level because jail is so easy. Yeah, and, is. and, and to everybody yeah. who's ever been locked up, especially for things that they did not do, may the Most High bless you, Absolutely. and may you get repaid the time that truth has been stolen from you. Because I saw I saw um, an a interview where um a, a, a Caucasian man who was a police officer mm-hmm. had a, a, a um one of our brothers in jail for like 40 years, maybe mm-hmm. 50 years, and he got out. And the guy went to him and he said, yo, I realized what I did to you was wrong. Could you ever forgive me? And the guy said, hell no, I'll never forgive you. Go to hell. Mm-hmm. Well, because you about to die supposed to make you feel better? No, like to hell with you. I hope you die miserable. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? And I was like- <laughs> Why are you feeling that way? But you know what? They never show us those stories. They always no. show us the person, but yes, I'll forgive you and they hug. Of course, well, of course. And let's take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. Cause that's some that's that's a mental trauma. Sure, but the mind can be influenced the same way. Just like we have, um, Asian hate right now. Yes, and they'll sign a bill for Asian hate, but we're still debating on should people be considered three fifths of a man mm-hmm. or reparations or I'm not even going to reparations. That's too easy. But that thing you okay. you're it up. Absolutely. But but um, three fifths of a man or voting rights or mm-hmm. equal schooling. Those mm-hmm. and those are and those are like those are um universal law that every man has a right to eat live man not three-fifths yes. a man especially that yes. every man every so solid um creation from god has the right to eat sleep crap <laughs> work pay <laughs> yeah. taxes you know we, we have yeah. those rights and it seems sure. like somebody feels that that right should be numeral and now we got people getting rights that people have been fighting for for generations. How do you feel about that? And how does that tie into mass incarceration to you?
1: Well, yeah, it does. I mean, because we got to look at it from the perspective of, like you said, it's deeper than just jail time because there are people who have been affected by mass incarceration. I'm one. My father been in prison since I was a kid, you know, still locked up to this day. And I believe he's one of the ones that were who was a part of that system Um, and That And that was traumatic for me because I had to grow up knowing what it was like not to have a father. Now, the good side is that now that I'm a father, I chose to choose a different path. I want to be there for my son and my daughter so they don't have to experience the same pain and anguish that I experienced. But that's the trauma from the child's perspective. But let's talk about the perspective from the person that was incarcerated, who's now free what they have to go through. Because now you took away my life, you took away my livelihood, you took away my relationships, you took away my ability to become a productive member of society because you basically took away my life. And so all of those things are have to be dealt with because basically the way it normally happens, all right, you're out, see ya, and you just make do with whatever you have to do. You gotta pick up your life, whether that's 20 years that you lost, 10, 15, whatever, and then try to make yourself, make something out of that. But this man been in the prison system for 30 years, you just can't walk away from that like it's nothing. And that's the thing we need to deal with too, is we gotta deal with that issue once they are released, how we deal with that, how we repair the families, how we bring
0: reconciliation. And to tie that back to hip hop, every male I speak to who does hip hop talks about it's his form of therapy. Mm, It is. From from, from PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this question. How traumatic do you believe it is for a man to be away for so long, and then to see the technology that's out right now? I think it's traumatic because of the fact that you
1: have to make an adjustment. I mean, you know, I'm in my, you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm having a hard time learning things from a technological perspective. So imagine someone that's been that went in in the 80s and now coming out, and you have cell phones, you have all these different technological advances that are taking place. And just for them to adjust to that, that's a big change for someone. It's just not something you can just snap and you're there. Even though they have some type of stuff in the system, but it's not really adequate to what they would do when they get out in the real world.
0: Because think about it, in the 80s, if somebody saw you walking down the street, singing a song or talking, they think you are talking to yourself. Now mm-hmm. you can turn your head and have. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know I earpods,
1: mean? earpods, yeah, airpods, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's amazing because with the cheapening of the music industry, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Okay, let's let's flip it. Can I talk let's about the ch- ch- cheapening? Did okay. you ever think CDs would go out of style the way they did? No, I didn't. But I wouldn't have never thought vinyl records would have
1: went out, even though they're making a comeback. But I wouldn't have thought that about that. I wouldn't have thought it about cassette tapes. I mean, you know, just like Biggie said, you know, I played my cassette tape into a pop. I'm reiterating what he said. But you know, that's the era we grew up in. So no, I never thought it would. But I mean, you think about it now, it was a. Uh, it was the it was going to happen eventually because you look at cars nowadays they don't even have a CD player in there anymore you know so CD players have been replaced with the digital aspect where you can download everything just like CDs replace tape decks and then tapes replace basically vinyl even though they're making a research, even though they're resurfacing
0: right now salute to Nikola Tesla who did all this <laughs> yeah before before people knew yeah but but see when things go out of style they come up with new ways to attack the consumer so they can Mm -hmm. make a new product right Mm -hmm. have you seen within the past 10 years maybe that instead of attacking the black male directly they've been attacking the black male through the black woman or attacking the black woman to put her against the black male
1: yeah but i would say hip-hop hasn't done did any good either because the type of music we put out helps feed into that mindset or helps feed into that that mode of attack I mean, when you're calling, and I don't know if I can use the word on your show, you but you're calling, talk for calling you. a woman a bitch or a hoe and your songs and you're only giving her the idea of showing a woman in the strip club or you down degrading her, then you help propel that myth. And then you also have the idea of people who want to project the angry black man. We saw it in the trial for Derek Chauvin. Their objective was to make the guy who was there angry because that's the stereotype or the caricature that we've been seeing for years. So. Even though we have those forces that are going with the current, we as hip hop artists also have to be mindful of the music we create and how we're helping perpetuate these ideas, all these myths, all these type of um,
0: stereotypes. I would love to have that conversation with the people who hate hip hop, like Steve Harvey. Salute to Steve Harvey though, I respect Mm -hmm. my elders. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people condemn hip hop music. And I think, I, I even think that's unfair because- Me too. We say that's the stuff we put out, but it's not the only thing we put out. No. You know what's funny? I, and I use the movie industry the same way. Everybody rush to see Avengers, mm-hmm. but nobody's rushing to see Backdraft. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? And Backdraft is a story about overcoming an obstacle, and some people lost their lives. Mm-hmm. I remember, remember a movie. I don't know if you remember the movie. It was a movie about a fisherman in the boat, and all the men died on the boat. And it was like a based on a true story about people with fishermen in Alaska or something like that. I can't recall that one. Exactly. But no. if I said, yo, you remember Terminator? Oh yeah, the big gun. You know what well, yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. And I mean us not being able to control the narrative and have parody when it comes to uh these things, it does seem like hip hop is perpetuating that where actually there's people like you and others who make sure that we have a balance. Okay. Why do you think you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that question. We we'll ask that later. Okay balance is something balance is something that's spiritual Mm -hmm. balance is how a man becomes perfect yes and and studying the bible you know it says that you know perfect people are balanced that's how Mm -hmm. david was called a perfect man even though he committed adultery and murder you see what i'm Mm -hmm. saying yeah he had a balance yeah he did without balance hip-hop becomes more of a tool and a weapon of circumstance rather than a weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a tool of weaponry and the choice of weaponry in your, in your in your definition? I guess it all
1: depends on the the, the I think a tool of weaponry is uh, there's so many ways I can go with that but I think the tool of weaponry is just allowing people to have the influence rather than us having the influence. You know what I'm saying like how the radio stations we're giving them the opportunity and not challenging them to play more conscious music uh we're letting them play whatever we hear and we're just going with it and not challenging. It. say hey we want to hear this type of music and it has to come from the consumers they have to make the difference because they're catering to them you know that's why a lot of this music we're hearing nowadays is being heard because the people are buying it and they're buying them both so
0: i believe i answered the question with that but that's what i believe is happening right now do you think it's deeper because this is what i found out and i could be wrong Mm -hmm. hey things change every day yes they do but a lot of the reason why they play the records they play on the radio is because of corporate sponsorship. so it's not about the fans it's about paying bills Mm -hmm. you think you you feel that way you think that's true
1: i think it's both i think i mean as we talked about earlier money goes around and that's what makes a difference but i think it's also they do it for corporate sponsorships but at the end of the day they have to get ratings i mean they have nelson and all these different people that judge the ratings so if the ratings are not good then the sponsorships are not going to be there so i think it's both to be honest with you, because of a record. I mean, not record, but if a, um, a radio station is not getting the numbers, advertisers not going to see the value in the advertising on there because you want to advertise where people where people are listening or you want to advertise to a certain demographic. So you have to have you have to have that piece there versus just being corporate, because if you just focus on the corporate, then you're not you're missing out on the people that you need in order to bring value to the radio station.
0: And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, it's important to hit the like button and share on all the platforms that you follow Heritage Hip Hop, my brother's platform, and others. Because if the numbers are not there, then, (laughs) like, as much as I love to talk to MCs and pick their brains, Mm -hmm. I eventually, you know, they like them. They want to see their platforms grow.
1: Absolutely.
0: I want to ask you this Uh, growth is contingent on experience. And um, consistency. Mm -hmm. What has been the biggest teacher since you've been out to make you a better artist? Is it it consistency or experience? I think both.
1: Um, I say experience because the more you experience as an artist, just like the more you experience things in life, the more depth you can speak from. Um, So that I say experience and then consistency it because of the fact that you wanna build a brand and you want your brand to be consistent to people because you can't come one way and then next week you're something else and you're this and that, you confuse people. So being consistent with your brand is, is highly important but then you also need the experience because that gives you the depths that you need when you're writing or when you're producing. You just need both, I think you need both.
0: So tell me about the experiences that helped make court slipping. How, how we made, how we got to that top subject matter in your in your line of teaching. <laughs> Well, I
1: just think that, you know, culture slipping was just something that has been long overdue. Oh. Um, I, I felt like it it, 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 re- it starts from my childhood, from what I saw as a youth and what I experienced as a man, you know, just seeing women that, you know, wasn't living up to their ideal self and not just women, but men as well um, on how we, you know, find ways to tear each other down rather than build each other up. And I wanted to be a voice that did the opposite. I wanted to be one that build up the man as well as the woman. And that's why this music was, that's why this song was written in that way. And thankfully, a man Baba joined me on this track and we were able to speak jointly about ways that we can be better people or live up to our ideal self.
0: See, that's the spirit of the music that came out of the 60s and early 70s. Mm -hmm. The community love music. Mm -hmm. It was more than just I want to put you in the sheets and grind with you and stuff. (laughs) It was it was like like come on like like sunshine. Everybody loves the sunshine. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, it was different. Um, the Jones sisters. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Jones sisters. Nobody talks about them. No, they don't. For heritage hip hop. (laughs) Saying, but that that was for me. (laughs) uh, you you like the Jones sisters? No, I'm not too familiar with it, but oh, nights over Egypt. I'm yeah, gonna check them out. Check them I might have
1: heard their music, but just probably don't remember the name. But I'm gonna check them out just because you mentioned it.
0: And that's the point that when we make music, even if we don't remember who made it, the influence is still here mm-hmm. and it keeps us going. Yeah, absolutely. Ca- caught you slipping, right? That's going to be an influential song that if a person listens to it and considers it, not only can they grow internally but their growth internally can affect somebody externally as well in society. Mm -hmm. Why do you think hip hop music is so societal instead of so introspective?
1: Well, I think because it it connects us,
0: Um, you know? I
1: mean, you think about the music that I'm making, um, Mm -hmm. Belly the Beast, it's something that connects us. We're interactive, It's, it's something that, let me put it in this perspective. Okay. You think about it today when you look at hip hop, you know, there was a time that it came from the ghetto, you know. What I'm saying it came from the Bronx. Right. And look at what it is today. It created us, and I feel to a certain point, and I could be wrong, all right. You be the judge, not just in general speak generally speaking. Mm-hmm. I think it made our society more aware. Um, when you had the Chuck D's, you had the um X clan sister soldier and all of that. I felt like hip hop made us a better society for those who were listening and for those who wanted to be a better society.
0: So I think that's where it made that impact. Great point, cause check this out. Hip hop today doesn't come from the ghetto. It comes from the corporate office. Mm-hmm. So when it came from the ghetto, it was ran by the people for the people. Mm-hmm. When it came with corporate, it was ran by the business for the, for the money. Of course. And money, cool. money has no spirit and it has no soul. Mm-hmm. Money just has influence. And that's what people complain about hip hop today is the soul, the spirit, and the influence or the vibe. Because mm. vibe is a spirit. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So let me ask you this question in, in context of that and the song, Caught You mm-hmm. Slippin'. Okay. We see men now finding themselves, but losing their soul. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of women Finding their soul but losing themselves. How do we bridge the gap?
1: Hmm.
0: Okay, let me think on that one.
1: I think (laughs) I think the best way to do it is recognizing who we are as a people, recognizing our struggle, recognizing our our essence. Um, I think you know I, I speak from a spiritual perspective because you know I consider myself to be spiritual. I think when we recognize who we are, who we truly are, that will bridge the gaps. That will bring the balance that we need. Whether it be the most high, whether it be job, whether it be, you know, the comedic nation or whatever following your, or what you subscribe to from a spiritual perspective, I think those things will bring balance and that will bring you to your ideal self. That's my answer to that
0: question. That's an excellent answer. Cause now we got to flip your answer into another question. Good. The domination of self means that you know who you are. Mm -hmm. And if it's written, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Hip hop has taught me more about self than school, politics, even women or getting a job. And now hip hop's teaching us about (laughs) money, business, you know? And I mean, hip hop seems to be the one teacher that no one can shut up. Mm-hmm. If life is school without walls or a classroom without walls, hip hop is a teacher without what? Hmm. I'll say a
1: teacher without a um I'll say a teacher with a... Well, you want me to use without or can I use whatever word I want? You're saying without. You can do whatever you want. I'll say a teacher with a universal classroom. That's what I would say because... Every person that turn on that, listen to that show, download that song or whatever, they're, they're a student at that point in time for that artist. Whether they teaching them about mass incarceration, teaching them about the songs that I have or teaching them about being from the trap. I think all of them are students that are waiting to be taught by that particular artist. So I would say it's an, it's an extended classroom, basically. If you wanna use the word without, I'll say it's without the school system because they don't. Well, let me rephrase that because we do have to deal with the corporate aspect as well. But I would say when it's free, the music is free. and can be it without the school system. Let me
0: use in that context. I think that's a better way to explain that. I like that. I like yeah. that because that, that, that kind of made me lose my thought. That was mm-hmm. a great answer. Because the thought of that means that everywhere you go, hip hop is there. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look, hip-hop is there. That's why I always ask people, is hip-hop a culture? And when they say yes, I ask them, well, how? Mm-hmm. How was it a culture? How do you define hip-hop culture, if I had to ask for that?
1: I think, you know, there, there are so many different variations of it, but I'll give you my perspective. Um, I kind of still hang on to the cultural aspect because culture is a way of life, a way of doing things. And hip hop affects our, our being. And when you look at hip hop, most people look at it from the perspective of MC which is only one of the four or five, if you add beatboxing to the hip hop culture, because you have art, which is graffiti, you have, you know, B-boying, which is b- b- basically dancing. And then you have DJing and then beatboxing. Then some include fashion depending on the one's definition. So the, that's why I say it's culture because there's a certain dress that goes with hip hop it teaches you about eating and teaches you about what foods foods you shouldn't eat or foods you can't eat. Uh, So I think it's still in that cultural realm, but I do believe there's a spiritual element as well. So it's transformative,
0: it's transformative. Transformation means to go from to, Mm -hmm. or a creation and then the elevation. Mm -hmm. What is the most elevating aspect of hip hop that you don't see today that your music brings back? Um, I would say
1: with my music, it's challenging you to think. I feel that we're not being challenged to think as much with hip hop. There are those who are doing it, but we're rare compared to the ones who aren't. We have, I think that's what it's doing. It's, It's challenging you to elevate the way you think. It's challenging you to find ways to see the world from a different perspective and not be boxed in or have group think. It's cause you challenge you to think outside the box. That's what I feel my music is doing.
0: You know what your music reminds me of? Remember Terminator X in the Valley of the Jeep beats Yes, <laughs> that was one of my favorite albums by far. Oh, word! Well, that's good. Man. That's a salute good salute thing. to everybody who knows remembers Terminator X in the Valley of the Jeep beats There was a group yeah. called Juvenile Delinquents. Okay, Juvenile Delinquents. If you, you remember the song, I don't ever. Thought All right. That yet. So, salute to them. Mm-hmm. And I remember the line in school. I used to rap this in school and got in trouble. This okay. Is, I remember the line, Uncle Sam, the master of America, no dogs allowed, Burn the commander, the president of mm-hmm. punk and idiotic. Why I pledge allegiance if a nigga ain't patriotic? When I heard mm-hmm. that, I was like, Whoa, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> that's you dope. Know, man? Yeah, I was like, whoa. And and like you said today, it seems like the mainstream won't even allow that message to go on. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Hip-hop will be treated within the next five years with the way everything is getting socially cleansed. Mm.
1: This is what I would like to see what happen with hip-hop in five years. I would like to see music like mine be, be have a bigger platform. There are people that believe that we're kind of moving back in that way, like we're having a rebirth. I hope that's the case because I feel that's what we need to continue to preserve the legacy of hip-hop. Um, but I don't. I feel like if we continue to go the route that we're going, um, I feel like we're going to continue to dumb down the music, and we're going to turn more people off than bring them in. Um, people who still got a love for hip hop, they still seeking and looking for the music that we're making, and they're trying to find that type of music. But it's a challenge to get it out there. So hopefully, the dumbing down of the music will discontinue. And the music that I'm making and others are making will be the one that people will highlight and start supporting, not only just saying like a like or a retweet, but actually with a purchase. That's what I would like to see within the next five years, for the next five years.
0: Oh, we will touch on that before we go. All right. Sound so, good. so before we close out the first part of the interview, which you are a veteran of already. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay we're talking about keeping the message alive and in today's mm-hmm. society they're now passing bills where in school they cannot teach about slavery mm-hmm. they cannot teach about white supremacy and you can't teach about prejudice because if you do you can get fired as a teacher you can't teach corrective history mm-hmm. hip-hop has always taught corrective history to know that yo we're here there's this there's, there's us even if you look at corrective history which I saw called social cleansing. Mm -hmm. We hear about the Black Panthers a lot, but we don't hear about the White Panthers as well. No, we don't. Or the Latin Panthers. We don't don't. hear about none of them. Mm -hmm. And that was a part important, pivotal parts of history that when lost, new enemies are founded, new battles are are, are rehashed, old battles. And the way Chuck D said, we fight the hate that hate produced and it Mm -hmm. keeps people confused. What is the one cleansing factor of hip hop that could cleanse the entire society yet keep us aware and fully abreast of what's going on within our society as well? I think what we need to do, uh, we need to start
1: talking about things that are not being talked about, like we've done in back in the early eighties. I mean, you think about the message, you know, um, Melly Mel was talking about Reaganomics. Um, I think we need to continue to do that. Um, That will, help bring about the cleansing that we need because that will bring up those things that are being hidden. There's so much, you know, it's surprising to me how there's so much subject matter out there that we're not even talking about. You look at what happened in Tulsa, Redwood, Elaine massacre, the red summer of 1919. There's so much to talk about and to continue to address. Those are the things that we need to continue to bring up. That way people become curious. And once they become curious, they begin to get behind the movement. So I think that's what we need to continue. Just keep addressing those things that have been under the covers for a long time and continue to move the wall uh, wool over people's eyes to make
0: them think. So with that being said, everybody, I ask that you continue to support this brother because he's putting out great music. I, I mean, that. I mean, I mean, look at it right there. So I'll put it on camera. We ain't playing. I see you. We, we we put it on camera. <laughs> three, 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 three singles out right now. Give them your social media so they know how to find you. Absolutely. They can
1: find me at Soul Rack Music. That's basically it. S O U L R A, excuse me, S O U L R A C Music, M U S I C. It's that simple. You can find me on any social media platform. At Enlightened Music. Talk about it. Yeah, Enlightened Music Group. That's the name of the label. We started in 2018. And basically, the music you're hearing, that's the whole purpose of it to enlighten the people. And I'm a prime example of that.
0: So with that being said, everybody, that's the end of the first part of the interview. Now we go to the rapid fire questions. Are you okay. ready to play this game again? Yeah, yeah, we'll play it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been waiting on this. So everybody, who if you're new to this, Soul Rat was on before, you can go to Spotify, iTunes, yeah, or, Anchor, it or Anchor FM and see his first interview. And this is how we got here to the second rendition of the rapid fire questions, which shows his 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 knowledge of hip hop, the culture, and himself as a man. And since this is the second time, he gets brand new questions. Okay. <laughs> his...
1: Let's do it. Let's you don't remember the first
0: batch? No, I don't. I remember some of them, but I don't remember all of them. <laughs> don't worry, you are gonna get new stuff anyway. It's all, all good. good. It's shout all out to good. the shout out to the Black Fives. Show that shirt. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You, yeah. Got, you got you got to show that the Black Fives. Anybody yeah, who yeah, want one, yeah. if you yeah. want one, make sure you hit them. Yeah. Make sure yeah. you hit them so you get that. I like them colors.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got this. Yeah, Puma's got behind this. That's the whole point of it. That's why I'm rocking it, man. rocking it
0: because it represents the Black Five. I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you. Appreciate hey, we gotta, we gotta do what we gotta do. Absolutely. So here we go. Here's the first question I'm gonna ask you for our the questions. There are so many stories that have been told and new stories that are being told from our culture. Tell me three stories that you would like to see highlighted that you learned about that you think would elevate hip hop and the people of the hip hop culture.
1: Now we're we just dealing with hip hop directly or just in general? In general. Okay, well, we talked about them a moment ago. I like to, I like for people to talk about um, the Tulsa Massacre and the music. I like to hear people talk about, um, you know, uh, what happened with uh, the Black Five. Let's talk about that. We need to address that. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Elaine Massacre, uh, Red Summer 1919. I think those are the things that need to be talked about. Those are some things that I learned in my journey since the last time you and I spoke. Okay.
0: Yeah some of the major um revelations to a lot of people who have not known was uh you know black wall street what you're talking about the total massacre
1: black wall street
0: and and that's been in watchmen it's been in so many things Mm -hmm. and that has brought back a lot of grievances and it also brought back a lot of interest Mm -hmm. also if you watch netflix right now there's yasuke which is about the African samurai who lived in Japan, mm-hmm. who was part of Nobunaga Oda's um, kingdom. Yes, I read the Three Kingdoms. Everybody, that's a great okay. story, and and you like video games as Dynasty Warriors, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> but um, uh, but those those are those are things that the media, mainstream media, has taken upon. What mainstream media, um, what mainstream media movement? has enlightened you to either go even further in your studies and, and, and to make you a better MC with subject matter um i think you know it might sound odd to you but
1: i've been really enjoying the history channel i think they've Good. been trying to really you know touch on some issues that's because right now they got the um Tulsa is burning you know saying which is mm-hmm. dealing with the black wall street which was also produced by um russell westbrook you know who's a protagonist mm. So that, I, I I like what they did with that. I like what they talked about. Um, Billy Billy Holiday. I believe that was no, that was on. I don't know if that's that on Hulu.
0: Was, Hulu, that's Hulu, Hulu. Yeah. Hulu.
1: But um, the um Aretha Franklin story that was interesting too. Even though she's going to come out with a movie soon. So History Channel has been very you know introspective. And of course we know we like BET for what we can get from it. And I'll say that very very. You know, sarcastically, but yeah, I mean, mostly the history channel has been pretty, you know, since that's one of the main major media platforms, has been very informative lately.
0: Yeah, that's called the Onyx Collective on Hulu. Um, yeah. and they're, they're giving people of color, they're um, black men and black women and Latino and everything, they um, their right to create. You mm-hmm. know, Avery Duvernay, shout out to her and her storytelling, yeah, yeah, she's dope. doing great, you know. Um, yeah, she is, she is, this is wonderful, hip hop perspective wise. Court You Slipping is the buildup of men and women in society. Mm-hmm. What are the top, what, is your, what are your top three, top five songs that are, do that same thing that go underappreciated when it comes to hip hop culture, you think?
1: Um, that thing by Lauren Hill.
0: Okay. Slow Down. Oh, sorry but Slow Down. Somebody, order, somebody ordering them singles. Hey, yeah, they're, that's, order, hey they're getting I'm them singles. Boy, yeah. y'all, y'all, y'all better order yours. <laughs> <laughs> Slow Down
1: by Brand Nubian. Oh, that's um, classic. Yeah. You know, um, got me with um, Black Roots. Thought. Yeah, Roots. Roots. Yeah, okay. Black Thought and Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Let me see. You said five. You,
0: you can stop at three if you want. Okay, that's cool. Cause um, I, you know one of my one of one of the most famous, underappreciated love songs to hip hop to me is Revolutionary Generation by Public Enemy. Mm -hmm. and they actually build up the black woman in that song Mm -hmm. and nobody talks about it. I think I should do an article on that because I think think we should should touch on that because people say you'll never hear Public Enemy do a love song but they did and they represented the woman in another another way. Mm -hmm. You know, hip-hop represents the woman in a way where the woman is appreciated yet the hip-hop that is given is hip-hop that degrades the woman. Why do you think degrading or building up the woman is the key pivotal aspect and keeping our culture alive
1: i think it's just you mean the the reason why they're doing it let me just make sure i understand all of it touch touch it every way you want i think the reason people do it because it sells records i mean it's as simple as that i don't really think there's much thought into it to be honest which i think because it sells records and it get people an opportunity to be popular i think you know, and that's basically what it is, because I guarantee if there was money into upgrade, upgrading or well, not the word upgrading, but uplifting women, mm-hmm. then you would probably see more people doing it. But because it's not a money making thing, you don't see a happiness offer.
0: I think the saddest part about us is that without balance, we let people control our narrative. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Twerking is cool with me. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to <laughs> see butts all day long because there's a there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a like, t- like every man says, "I want a woman in the street, but a freak in the bed." Like, there's a yes. time to be a woman. There's a time to be a freak. Even I as agree. a man, there's a time to be a gangster, and there's a time to be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. We have to have balance and order. Mm-hmm. When we have balance or order, not only do we give life, we show the representation of God within us because we show that we know how to conduct ourselves, take care of ourselves, and also please ourselves in the correct purpose. Exactly. When it comes to you now doing this music, what opened your purpose up to a new avenue that you didn't see before? I
1: think what opened up to me more now is it's becoming more internationally ingrained, um, not just focusing on the forty-eight states. Uh, there was something that Chuck D tweeted to me. He was like, "Don't get, don't be focused on the forty-eight states. things outside of America, um, and that way you can be able to be able to get the." opportunities that you need. Basically, that's what he was saying. So that's what opened up for me more, just making me think more from a global perspective versus just thinking within this lens. And that's what I believe has made a change for me as an artist.
0: An injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. Famous Mm -hmm. quote. Yes, it is. Here's the second quote. And this is formed by me. (laughs) OK. I say say that hip hop was birthed out of pain. And that's why it's universal, because everybody can relate to pain. Mm -hmm. All right. So being that we are now connecting the pain of all countries, all people to the point that now they're saying, dang, I'm just like you. And that makes me hip hop, too. If we got rid of the pain, how do we celebrate our hip hop and have joy in it as well?
1: Um Well, even though we're connected by pain, we're also connected by joy too because we celebrate things that happen that we all enjoy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but people connect it because of their desires. I mean, you know, why people like certain songs like about twerking, you like it because you want to see that woman twerk.
0: Like booties. (laughs)
1: Like booties or whatever your desires are. So I think pain is one aspect, but there are other things as well as our urges and the desires also connect us too. And that's why we're able to have that connection because you know, you know, sex is something that people do everywhere. It ain't something you just do. It's always going to be around. So because people talk about it, because it's something that they do and something they're connected to, and so those things will always be prevalent in hip hop and be prevalent in music, you know. And so I think those things will will still be connected no matter what, even if the pain is going away.
0: But one thing that caught you slipping that got me was, it was this, Mm -hmm. with the over sexualization that we put on our women, Mm -hmm. we degrade them in a way where now people are kidnapping our daughters, people are killing women left and right. And we have TV shows where women are fighting and throwing drinks on each other. And it seems like women are ravenous beasts instead of precious elements of God's nature. Mm -hmm. So I ask you this question, with the systematic breakdown of the woman, what is the man's job and duty in protecting her? And not only protecting her, establishing a legacy so she is kept and wealthy as she prog- progresses and prolongs in history and in life
1: well one of the things we just have to be men that's the first thing and being a man means being a protector being a provider uh you know what i'm saying being one that encourages the woman and make her see herself i think that's a missing point um you know because when i look at it as a man my job is is to as we are for fathers we think about being a father we protect our kids we provide for our kids we create create a pathway for them to follow Saying, hey i went down this road you don't have to go down that road i think we need to take to a certain point the same perspective when it comes to our women we need to make sure that we protect them uplift them build them up and not only that when we're no longer when we're at our demise or when we demise leave something behind that way they don't have to continue to try to work and take care of the kids but they set you know what i'm saying so leave something behind economically and that way that will continue to exist in that family, as even when we're not present.
0: Thank you for that answer, because I want to give a shout out to all the daughters, aunts, grandmothers, mothers, cousins, and everybody that's in our families. Because even though this world is so cruel, we got to remember everybody's somebody's child and we got to respect every person in this world, period. Exactly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I got three more questions that we're going to end out. But one of my bonus questions, how you like your second interview? How we do this time?
1: Oh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's, a, it's definitely <laughs> in depth and it's good to have the visuals. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's definitely in depth. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we explored some topics because some of the times people just want to talk about the music and they don't give it a chance for me to elaborate on my worldview and different things that I see. So it's good to have that opportunity when it's available.
0: Well, if the people don't know who you are, how can they connect to you? So for everybody out there listening, once again, this is Soul Rack. It's my brother right here. So make sure if you want in-depth music that goes into the mind and the heart of p- the people in appreciation, check out his music because it's definitely worth it. You know what I'm saying? Let's go to the final three questions and let's have some fun tonight. All right? All right, let's do it. Chuck D is on a pantheon of artists that are considered conscience, mm-hmm. that are always go down and holding the culture down and being a symbol of manhood in our culture. Who is your, who is your um, Mount Rushmore of conscience MCs and how do we continue their, their lineage, I'm sorry?
1: Well, we could, I'll answer the last question first. We create the, create the create, container lineages by having people like myself continue to carry the fort, even mm-hmm. when, even if they're no longer here. Um, I would say Chuck D of course, as you already stated mm-hmm. to leave.
0: Okay,
1: um, immortal. What technique? You know what I'm okay, what technique. Let me see who else I would think of. I wish I would put myself up there, <laughs> I can't do that, but uh, we'll keep the three. We'll keep the three. You want five or three?
0: Five. My rush was okay. five, but actually, my rushman is four. Most Give dev. me one more. Most dev. Most dev. Okay,
1: yeah, most dev. Uh, Bay, whatever name you want to use,
0: Yasin Bay. Yeah, yeah, Yasenbe. yeah. And because of that, we have women. Who are socially conscious, making conscious music as well. Si shout rock. out to Rhapsody, saw si Rock, yeah. Ty Phoenix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shout out to uh Rhapsody, um, Gene Gray. Gene Gray, shout out to Lady Miz. Mm-hmm. That prisoner song is crazy. Yeah. And I want to salute the people like that because, like I said, the man and the woman are very uh, synonymous with uh with life. Second to last question I want to ask you is this. We live in the vibe era. Like I said, mm-hmm. spirits, not not soul. Mm-hmm. But there's people who still keep soul in the music. What do you think we need more of to keep the music alive? Soul or spirit?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Cause I go by the name soul, right?
0: <laughs> like,
1: but soul in my, my mind is, I consider my music to be soulful meaning touch the soul but it's spiritual in, in nature because i feel like I'm, my music is mission oriented um but i think we need to kind of really tap into the spirit i definitely believe we need to be more spiritual with our music because that way it can connect beyond just it depends on how you define the word soul too but in this particular context we'll go ahead and say the spiritual aspect will be the most important at this point
0: We've come to the final question of his second interview. This is history being made right here. And and, and I'm glad to be able to ask you this question because the most important question of the first interview was about your legacy. Mm -hmm. Now that you have put inroads into your legacy, I want to ask you this. The preservation of legacy is something that matters to a man and to a family with hip hop growing and touching every aspect of life, how would you want your legacy preserved and where would you like to see it?
1: Well, I would like my uh, my legacy to be preserved um, by my music being, you know, timeless, meaning that it can continue to be heard years from now. Uh, number two, I would love to see one of my kids carry on the legacy. That's the reason why I started the record label, so that way they can take over um, should I no longer be able to do it. And thirdly, uh, whatever relationships I built with artists, whether it be United States or worldwide, I'm hoping my influence continues to have that impact on them as well. And it makes them either better artists or makes them more socially conscious than they were before they started working with me. And that would be my legacy.
0: I pray for the inroads of your legacy being continued to flourish because at the end of the day, and this is a jewel for all people out there who do music, you wrote your lyrics down, put them in a book. And with hip hop being taught in the classroom now and being preserved in libraries of Congress, oh yeah, it is very important for your words to live on. So you could be cool and not write your lyrics down if you want to, Mm. that's not for everybody. Preserve yourself because your legacy will always be given, but your legacy can be preserved if given in a way where everybody can be touched at different times by what you say. Whether it's written or spoken. So, with that being said, this is Caravan Heritage Chip Hop with my man Soul Rat, yes, my sir. guy right there. Yeah. And we out of here. Peace. Peace out. Peace. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for watching our presentation. We ask that you subscribe to our YouTube family and hit the notification bell for updates. Please like, comment, and share this video.